Hey, this is Melarietta Lucy, and you're listening to the Rough Concept Podcast. As I spiral down my daily TikTok hole, Kobe Campbell stopped me mid scroll with this gem. Healing is not becoming the best version of yourself. Healing is letting the worst version of yourself be loved. I was in the middle of my latest collection, Let Her Be. It was inspired by the constant noise of society telling women how they should act, dress, live, and show up in the world. Let her be in her power, in community, in peace, in her beauty, in her freedom. I was trying to find the right words to describe my experience and journey as a woman who was constantly trying to be all things to all people all at once. I'm not perfect, but what I do know is letting go of the shame of having made mistakes or being imperfect allows me to be free. It frees me up to just live in the moment without worrying about what people think of me. It's a collection that is meant to be for us to be in solidarity with one another as we seek freedom from the confines of what society tells us we should do and be. It's a collection that celebrates our flaws and differences because those are what makes us beautiful as people. And it's a collection that encourages women to love themselves, all of themselves, right? No matter how many times we fall down and stumble along the way. So when I saw this post, I was in a season of overanalyzing everything in terms of my healing journey. Feeling as if I needed to get to the end of this, to change, to be the best version of myself. Kobe's voice was what I needed to hear in that moment and is the reason that I created in her healing. We are ever-changing, evolving, learning, adapting, which means this healing thing is constant and that's okay. What I know now is the grace and love that I need to give myself on this journey, loving every part of myself regardless of expectations. This is how I take this journey. But what I love about the creative process is that it's not the same for all of us. Take a listen and learn how this creative navigates their process. My name is Sylvia. I'm better known as Via Calligraphy. I've been a calligrapher for seven years now. And I think that's how long we've known each other. I say I'm better known as that just because like, I, I do have lots of creative things going on. I am a director of marketing during the day. So uniquely, I am a nine to fiver. I work at an agency and then everything that I'm doing creatively is kind of a side hustle or an add-on. The way I always introduce myself as, as via calligraphy though, is I initially, like right when I started my business, it wasn't even a business yet, was when I did my jacket. So very abbreviated jacket story, essentially. Like my first project as like a beginner calligrapher was to write Just Married on the back of my favorite leather jacket for my small intimate wedding. And when I created that jacket, I just... I don't know, after the wedding happened, I was like, there's not a lot I can do with it. I'm not going to keep it. So I decided to do that whole, like, release it to the world and, and see where it goes. And I put it up on a barter site in which you don't ask people for money for anything. You trade. So if I were like, you know, I've got these great glasses. I don't like the pattern of them anymore, but I like yours. Or like, I want, I'm looking for another one. It was like people like meeting at subway stations, meeting in street corners and just trading things. And that as like a community aspect, I was like, that's how I want to sell this jacket. Like I wasn't looking to make money from it. I kind of realized that everyone that wanted to borrow the jacket had a different wedding date. 
So I kept the jacket over this past seven years. It's been to over 200 weddings in Toronto. Um, the 200 is, is wild. Like it's, it's a lot of people. Um, the jacket, because I kept it like a pure project in, in that a lot of people will say like, why didn't you make a size, you know, small, medium, large, extra large, and then start renting it for money. You could make lots of money. I was like, I'm not trying to start a fashion rental business here. I'm just trying to maintain my jacket, pass on the good vibes and see where that goes. Maybe a little bit of that is like my marketing brain on the other side of it. It's the side of me that's like, I like community and connection and, and, and whatever comes out of that. Um, so it's continued to live on. And because of the press that I got when I had that project going on, it was initially like a lot of local newspapers, radio stations and stuff. But then we got covered by Huffington Post, Vogue, Brides Magazine, like we did a little viral video and everything became a global project where there are other artists that I've helped start up the, the same project in different areas of the world. So it's in London, New York, many different cities in Canada. So Ottawa, Edmonton, Montreal, Vancouver. Um, it's in Hong Kong. It's in Australia, even Hawaii. Like, so there's just like something about the connection there that's kind of like allowed me to get my exposure, my footing, my claim to fame, I guess it was. And allowed me to expand my business in a way that's been um, organic and had people find me either from the, the project or from other things. And then what I do now as a calligrapher is I work with brands, sometimes in retail, but more so in like PR and special events, doing customization. And jokingly, I'm like, I'm a glorified name writer because essentially that's what I do at events. I have learned that I, I just always need to make something. I have to make something at all times or like have some kind of project or something that I'm looking to create or thinking about creating that is really like nothing to do with trying to make money and, you know, make a living. It took me a long time to get there to understand it was like the making things that's like just my general happiness and life satisfaction is just to be able to like make. It doesn't have to be for a purpose because like I said before, it was like I was sewing something. You just said, you know, you're knitting your sweater. Like, I think that was, that was my like COVID, like looking for a new hobby and making something. I just learned to knit with the most like absurd project ever. Biggest project. It cost me like four or $500 in materials. I was, I was just like, I'm doing this. I'm going to learn. <laughs> I'm going to watch every tutorial. I think it's like the act of like very slowly making something with your hands, like doing something for a craft and like really getting into the process and like learning the ins and outs of it. Like I, on the, on the very specific like brush calligraphy side of things, like I teach a beginner brush lettering class. Right. And during it, like I'll, I'll have like my tools and I'm like, oh, guys, like I, I like to use like brush pens. Reason being, I like the simplicity of it. I do a lot of on-site and stuff like that. I just need something that's like ready to go. But I always mention to everyone that like, you know, if you're not interested in that particular tool, the other thing you can get into is, pointed pens. And the reason I like get into that is like the craft of it is I'm like, if you're the type of person that wants to learn something that you want to take an ink that you buy from a bottle, but you have to dilute it a certain amount and fill it into another bottle or into a pen or dip it or see the, the viscosity of it or like certain kinds of paper. Like if you just like use normal paper, it bleeds all over the place. If you use too toothy of a uh, watercolor paper it's like splattering because it's like catching on the grain but if you like that kind of part of the craft of like experimenting and testing 
it's not a bad thing. Like it's not a bad thing to get into. It's the the finickiness that sometimes people enjoy, right? I think that the, my favorite parts are the risk and the trial. Like if I think back to the first kind of clothes that we would make were uh, reconstructions. I think it's like a big thing now to do like thrift reconstructions and stuff like that and take like big band t-shirts. And so that's what I used to do like back in 2001, back 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> the I think it was like, I don't know, it's the thrill of it. Like I was just happy to like barely even like chalk outline anything and just like cut. And I know like I'm a big like measure twice, cut once, but like the thrill of the cut and the getting everything in place and the risk of like not having or having the perfect amount of materials and everything, the risk was my favorite because I think the risk of error puts you into places where you end up trying new processes. You end up like putting in like new mixes of fabrics. You end up like trying out paneling and stuff. The risk of error of knitting is like, well, I guess I'm going to have to like undo the stitches and then very carefully like find where the needles have to go back into to redo it right and in like every mistake you can make there's something to be learned about the process or what you can do either to fix it or to say like "Eh, i just like wasted something where often the risk is low enough i mean when we when we talk about paper wise i mean we waste a few sheets of paper and a bit of ink when you're making mistakes but like the stakes being like a bit more material having to invest in a few other things like i love the risk factor, because I think that's where truly creative things start to happen because you might've had an original plan and the end result might not be what it looks like, what you thought exactly it was going to look like in getting there. You also have to like, I feel like psychologically sometimes I have to like talk myself down and be like, okay, it's going to be okay. And the thrill of that is like, that's my adrenaline. To hear more from this conversation, Tune into the Rough Concepts Artist Corner episode this Friday. You know that you're a masterpiece, right? I believe that a self-portrait is one of the most intimate ways to self-reflect. I've done it a few times. You have to unveil every curve of your profile and discover what you love about your appearance, what you're insecure about. It's a process of self-love and discovery. I've done it a few times over the years and it prompts me to truly see myself. I invite you to create your own self-portrait this week. It can include words, objects that speak for you and what's true to you. Share with me. I cannot wait to see. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope that today's discussion sparked your creativity and inspired you to embrace your unique journey. Don't forget to share your thoughts, stories, and creations with me using today's creative prompt from the episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes, leave a review, and let's continue to support and inspire one another on this incredible journey. Until next time, keep creating.